Hello and welcome to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Patria, flying solo for the Saturday games that we have on our docket. Nice little slate here. Uh, looks like, you know, about six games. We don't have all the news. We don't have all the information just yet. But it'll come out. We, we're going to work with what we have as of right now. The first start time is at 7 p.m. I guess I should have mentioned uh, it's December 29th. So we're getting close to that trade deadline. Looking like it's about what, 10 to 12 days away. So you might start uh, You might start wanting to pay attention to some news if you are you know, regular casual player or if you're an everyday player because guys are going to start getting ruled out. They're going to start getting traded. But we don't need to worry about that so much today. I just thought it was worth mentioning. Uh, I'm going to be breaking down this six-game slate relatively quickly. Again, not all the news, and I'll be straight up honest here. It's not necessarily my favorite slate either. Uh, I do have some guys I like. I do have some guys I'm keeping an eye on based on news and everything else. So I'm here to just to provide the wealth of information. I will be playing. I'll probably just be lowering a little bit of my, my input uh, as far as my dollars into this contest. Maybe just play some single entries today. Also got to do a little bit of running around. So hopefully I'm back in time while that news is locking. But before we jump into anything, quick shout out to Thrive Fantasy guys. Come prop up us. Uh, come prop up with us over there on Thrive uh, this NBA season. Uh, you may have heard us talk about it before, but if you haven't, Thrive is the number one daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you eliminate countless hours of research and focus only on the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose ten of twenty available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and under. Based on how likely it is to hit, hit the most props, rack up the most points, and win your share of the prize pool. Thrive is over 50000 in guaranteed prizes weekly for the NBA and has awarded over $6 million so far. So head over there when you sign up and use that promo code ETHOS, that's E-T-H-O-S, and receive a 100% instant first deposit match bonus on up to $100. So you can find the Thrive Fantasy in the App Store. Play Store, or visit their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. First game of the night, Indiana Pacers on the second half of back-to-back, traveling to Dallas, taking on the Mavericks here. So we're not going to have the injury report just yet for this Pacers team, but we got to keep an eye on some of these guys, I think, either way. Uh, For the Mavs, though, Sterling Brown, Tim Hardaway Jr., both ruled out. We've seen that. And it's coming in at a 216.5 game total. Dallas is being favored by 9.5. We'll start off here with the Pacers. Demonis Sabonis at 9,900, coming off of an absolute barn burner monster game. Uh, there's no doubt about it, but he ended up playing 44 minutes in his first game back since hurting his ankle. It's a lot of minutes for the first game back. Yes, he granted. He triple-doubled. Um, I always love looking at Sabonis when Miles Turner is out of the lineup, just simply based on he gets those bigger rebounding upside games. We saw it here. 18 boards. He's still going to be able to always be that versatile big who's punching in anywhere between, you know, five to seven assists. He's got the upside. There's a lot of studs that we could spend up on this slate. He's certainly one of the guys that are in consideration. I probably have him right around that, you know, maybe like the third to fourth ranked stud. Uh, We'll get to Embiid. We'll get to Harden. I think those are the guys, if you're looking to spend up big, you definitely want to target those guys. But He's a nice mid-tier. If you want, if you want to go like a little, like one step below them, spend that money elsewhere. He's probably the guy I'd look. Dallas's front court has been pretty rough all season long, especially when it comes to rebounding. Uh, he put up 50 DK points on this team earlier in the year in only 34 minutes, and I believe Miles Turner was even active for that one. So, definitely a solid play that we could consider. 
Probably won't be going to Levert at 88. Just a little bit too expensive for my liking. Uh, but with Goga, most likely ruled out. He sprained his ankle uh, in that last one. It was right foot in the soreness. I'm sorry. We're going to see a little bit of uh, a little bit of hodgepodge at the center position now. Sabonis so will get some decent time probably at the center position as well. And then the the rest will be left for Brissett and Isaiah Jackson. I prefer Isaiah Jackson. Just he's a better point per minute guy. We've seen kind of the versatility of his game where he could step out, hit a three. Uh, always good for either a couple blocks or steals. I, I mean, they're both going to draw a fair amount of ownership. Keep an eye on who starts. You might feel a little bit safer with whoever starts just based on extra minute or two, possibly. But I still think it's going to be a decent chop right down the middle no matter what. So I prefer Isaiah Jackson. Wouldn't fault if you wanted to go to Brissett. But those are probably the three main guys I'm looking at in this game or on this team. For the Mavericks, a couple guys to note. With Tim Hardaway Jr. out, we've, we've been seeing a little bit more of Reggie Bullock. He's in play. He's not my favorite play. I don't think he has that much upside just based on what we've seen all season long and the way that the Mavericks have utilized him. But I do think, you know, if you want to look at a guy like Jalen Brunson at 6,100, he, he piques my interest. Yes, he's always playing the consistent role of like 35 to 34 minutes. But we're going to see him obviously get a few more shot attempts. We saw it in that first game uh, against Portland. He came out with 15 shot attempts, and that was the most shot attempts he's probably had since uh, the month of January has even begun. And they're going to need a little bit more usage out of this guy. It's just the bottom line. He's always going to have the same ball handling responsibility. The Pacers have been struggling on defense for the better half of a month and a half. Now no Miles Turner to protect the rim. A lot of things to like with Brunson. He's not going to be chalky. Uh, provides a nice little safe floor. But we know he has that 35 to 40 point upside as well. So he's probably my favorite target when I'm looking over here on the Mavs. And if you're feeling real frisky and you want to throw a GPP dart throw, you could take a chance at a guy like Josh Green. But I'd, I'd, I'd probably advise against it. On to the next game. Boston Celtics traveling to New Orleans, taking on the Pelicans for the injury report. We're not going to have one for either team in this one. But I think we do have that game total. So we'll check that out. It's 214, Boston being favored by five and a half points. Start off here with the Celtics. A lot of good spend-up options when you're looking at Tatum and Brown. I think this is a fantastic matchup for both of them. I'm just struggling to get there. Uh, we'll get to a guy I like around Brown's price tag a little bit more. And then we've already talked about Sabonis around that 10-2 price, uh, price tag for Tatum. And I think I prefer him a little bit more. So, in all honesty, I don't see myself going to, to really much of anything over here. I can see the front court being useful. I, I mean, at this point, we can't trust Al Horford as far as we could throw him. So he's going to be right out of the player pool. If he beats me, he beats me. I'll take that one off the chin. But a guy like Robert Williams at 7,100, this feels like that matchup that's kind of suited more for him. Uh, we know that there's a decent chance Jonas could be sitting out of this one. So I'm saying decent chance. It's something that we have to keep an eye on. Uh, on the Pelican side of the ball, with no Ingram, possibly no Valanciunas, we have to keep an eye on this. It's Friday uh, where we got the news that he was ruled out with the illness. Illness means he could be back for Saturday, but keep your eye on him because if he's out, we're going right back to the well with Willie Hernan Gomez. Two games they started when uh, Valanciunas was out, back-to-back -back games with more than 46 DK points. The dude's just got an incredible floor and incredible ceiling. As long as he's playing 30-plus minutes, it's a no-brainer. He'll be chalk, but you just eat that chalk. We saw that Devontae Graham missed that game, but ended up coming back yesterday. Played 34 minutes in his return, so it's probably going to take Jose Alvarado off the table. But with Brandon Ingram out, you could still look at Nikhil Alexander-Walker, but I'll probably opt to fade him for the most part. The shot attempts continue to be there, but we know how inconsistent he is. He's not a, a bad option by any means necessary. If he was at 5'5", five, five, I would say don't play him with at all. I just haven't landed on him too much all, all you know, throughout my initial builds. Maybe things change once news comes out. 
we have a lot of other guys we can kind of look at in that mid four range as well, where I think people are going to continue to go back to the well here. And again, I, I don't fault those people. If that's the route you want to go, you you certainly could. Uh, I just don't see myself doing it based on an ownership standpoint. I think he's going to draw a little bit too much of it. Third game of the night, Sacramento Kings traveling to Philadelphia, taking on the 76ers here. Sacramento dealing with their own injuries, but Terrence Davis ruled out. De'Aaron Fox and uh, Chemezi Metu are both questionable. And then for the Sixers, Charles Bassey, Shake Belton, Miles Powell, Paul Reed, Ben Simmons, Jaden Springer all ruled out. Seth Curry has been upgraded to questionable. So that's definitely the big piece of news that we need to keep our eye on over there. 220 and a half game total. 10.5 point spread being favored to Philly. We'll start off here with Sacramento, and it's really just going to come down to De'Aaron Fox for me. If he's ruled out, I'm playing Halliburton. Uh, 7,900, he only has shooting guard eligibility now on DraftKings at this point, but that's probably where you wanted to play him regardless. And this is just too cheap for him. Just throw out those last two games where we've seen them get absolutely torched by Atlanta. They got torched by Boston. If this game stays competitive, granted it's a 10.5 point spread, uh, I expect them to actually come out with a little bit more juice in this one. Halliburton has the upside. There's no doubt about it. You know, people are forgetting that that mid-December time when Fox was out. Halliburton was the guy. He was he was up to a price tag at one point of like 86 and 8900 because he was putting up 50-point games on a routine basis. So, based on the price tag, I'm going to have some shares of him. I know that upside's baked in there. I know that he's going to be the one with the ball in his hands like 85% of the time. Mitchell will probably handle it the other 15. Give me some Halliburton. Um, again, if he is out, we could go back to the Mitchell well at 45. No doubt about that. We've seen some of his upside games, but we also seen some of his downside games. Just know that there's a little bit of volatility involved there. I'll probably be staying away from the front cart for the most part. Just haven't seen the 30 minutes from homes yet where we can kind of just continue to go back to the well. That upside is certainly there, but I think there's a lot of upside in that mid four range today where I just don't think I, I need to go there. And when all is said and done, if Alan Shunis sits, we're, we're probably playing Hernan Gomez over him. On the Philly side of the ball, it's Joel Embiid and probably only Joel Embiid. The dude is an animal. It's been just monster game after monster game after monster game for him. This is a fantastic matchup. 11-7 feels expensive, but when your worst game over the past five is 50 DK points, you'll take that. That's enough. That's high enough floor where you can still cash out. We've seen plenty of 70 and high 60 games from him. Sacramento's defense has been atrocious, especially against the center position. This dude's sport in the 35 or higher usage rate over the past six games. I'm all for Embiid. Absolutely. Sign me up. Probably my favorite stud on the slate. Like I said, probably not going to much else here. Wouldn't fault if you wanted to. The Kings are pretty brutal against every single position. Fourth game of the night, Washington Wizards traveling to Memphis, taking on the Grizzlies here. For the injury report, we do not have one for the Grizzlies. Second half of the back-to-back. Uh, the Wizards should be good to go. Just a bunch of guys in the G League. As far as a game total, we're looking at 227.5. Memphis favored by 5.5 points. This is the highest game total. Oh, I'm sorry. Second highest game total of the night. We'll start off here with Washington. Uh, not really interested in any of the big players. One guy I could see myself playing a little bit of would be Montrezl Harrell at 4,700. I think that's just slightly too cheap for a guy that routinely puts up 25 to 30 DK points when given the minutes. Probably the only guy I really have any interest in. Uh, I'll most likely be taking a pass on everybody else. Gafford's minutes have been down. Bradley Beal's just a little too expensive for my liking. And then Kyle Kuzma at 72 draws a matchup against Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, and I don't want to pick on that matchup with how good Jaron's been defensively over the past two months. On the Memphis side of the ball, we could go back to the well and John Morant. Again, wouldn't fault you. I think I'll go to some other places. I'm mostly going to be looking on the wing here between Desmond Bain at 6,200. He returned. He looked good. 
six of 14 shooting, continued just to uh, pick up right where he left off, basically. And listen, he has a solid floor at that. He should get you, at, I think, at the bare minimum, 27, 28 DK points. He has 38 to 40 upside. You really can't go wrong with Desmond Bain. And then DeAnthony Melton is the other guy. There's always risk. I, I, I talked about this mid-four range all day. He could get 17 minutes. He could play 24 or 28. We don't know. This Grizzlies coaching staff has been not very transparent, or I, I'm, I'm looking for the word to kind of use here, but uh, they've been messing with us all season long when it comes to Melton. He's clearly one of their best perimeter defenders, clearly one of their highest uh, upside plays when it comes to DFS as well. And based on that price tag, I will have a couple shares. I just want to let people know, proceed with caution. We do not know what the volatility of these minutes are going to look like. He could easily come out here, play 17, and get us 13 DK points. But playing 28 in the last one makes me feel comfortable enough to have some shares of him because we know his upside is across the board when it comes to rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. Everything from the guard position is just a little bit of a boost. Fifth game of the night, Toronto Raptors traveling to Miami. They are taking on the Heat for the injury report. Uh, We do not have one for the Heat. But for the Raptors, Ken Birch, Isaac Bonger, Goran Dragic, David Johnson, all rolled out. Fred Van Vliet is questionable. And then now looking at the game total, 207.5. Miami being favored by 5.5 points here. So I'll start off here with Toronto. We've been seeing them do, you know, pretty much what we expect. Just go a little bit bigger when Van Vliet was off the floor. Uh, Gary Trent Jr.'s usage has been up at 5,400. Yeah, absolutely. If you can get him in there with Fred Van Vliet out again, and he's going to take 20 shot attempts, sign me up. I don't expect him to shoot 50%, uh, especially from deep like he has been over the past two games, every single game. But at 5,400, with 20 shot attempts, if he, even if he shoots 40, we're still looking at roughly probably about 25 to 26 DK points, and that's his floor, not including any steals or other ancillary stats. Now, he's not a traditional point guard, so don't expect a bunch of assists or anything like that. That just doesn't come from his game. But it's the shot attempts that have me peaked, uh, my interest peaked the most. And then outside of him, I think you can look at Scotty Barnes. Uh, 6,700, he's another guy that we will see the assist go up. He's not your traditional point guard because he has a little bit more size, but he is a very young, versatile player who could handle the ball very well. I expect him to be playing mostly that point guard position, uh, even though he's still going to be slotted in at a small forward. It's going to be him bringing up the ball majority of the time. 6,700, not the best matchup going against Miami. We know they have a slower pace and a good defense. But we know that upside's there, especially now that he's handling the ball a little bit more. So those are the two primary targets I have my, uh, my eye on. Probably not going to go too much to the front court. I know Boucher is getting the minutes. I know Precious is getting a decent amount of minutes. But just don't feel like the upside is all that there for him. Uh, and there's still plenty of downside. I prefer Boucher over Precious, even at the increased salary of like 1900 But I wouldn't fault you. Jimmy Butler on the other side of the ball is going to be one of my favorite slate uh, targets on this slate going against Toronto, who he just recently triple-doubled against. He's 8,600. His price tag is just not moving, and he continues to just be a force that drives this team with Kyle Lowry out. He'll be handling the ball a lot more. No issues looking at Jimmy. Probably one of my favorite top-tier plays on the slate. When we get down to everything, you will hear me mention that. Uh, anybody else that we want to target? I think Bam's a little too cheap at 73. Not again, not the easiest matchup, but at 7,300, this dude has 35 to 40 point upside pretty easily. Uh, we've been seeing him involved in the offense, and he's been consistent since he's returned over the past five games. No game lower than 33 DK points. Uh, and then he has about four of those out of the past five of at least 37. So 73 is a little too cheap. Maybe if you're not playing Butler, you can get some exposure to Bam. I mean, these two guys you could easily play together as well. 
but I probably will opt to just go with one of the most lineups. And then the only other guy I think is really just worth mentioning uh, would be a guy like Gabe Vincent. I do like Tyler Hero, don't get me wrong, but getting the $1,400 discount to Gabe Vincent when they both have like that anywhere between 25 to 30-point floor, it feels like at this point, as long as Kyle Lowry's out, I'd rather take the discount. This doesn't feel like it's a Tyler Hero upside game where we're going to get 40 to 45 out of him. So give me the floor. Uh, and then, obviously, Gabe Vincent probably has, I'd say, about a 33-point upside if we're really trying to get down into it. Final game of the night, Brooklyn Nets traveling to Golden State, taking on the Warriors. This is an away game, so we, as we know that, Kyrie Irving should be available. David Duke Jr., Kevin Durant, Paul Millsap, Joe Harris all rolled out. For the Warriors, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, James Wiseman, Kedwery Weatherspoon are all rolled out, while Nemanja Bijalika is questionable. This is the highest game total of the night, 232.5, Golden State being favored by six points. Now, looking at Brooklyn, like I talked about Harden before, that's all I need to say. I, we know that Harden has the upside. We absolutely know it's there. I prefer to play and beat over him as of right now, but the triple-double upside is always going to be there for Harden. There's no doubt about it. Kyrie being back, and this is obviously going to siphon a little usage and a couple shot attempts. He still has the triple-double upside. Don't get me wrong. It's there. Uh, but I still do prefer Embiid ever so slightly. Not really looking at anybody else. That's just that simple. With these two guys back in the lineup, it's just going to be majority of the usage going to them. Uh, you're going to see a couple other guys. Like one of these other guys is going to hit. If I had to lean towards anywhere, it'd probably be James Johnson. But another guy with kind of an inconsistent role from here to there. He's been starting a little bit with uh, Kevin Durant out. But he played 38 minutes in that last one. I don't know if that's going to happen again. He's a very versatile player where he can get boards, steals, blocks, and assists. A very Like a like the forward version of DeAnthony Mellon. That's the best way I could put it. Very inconsistent as far as the minutes. But he has plenty of upside when he does get the minutes. So he's probably the one guy outside of Harden that I have any real consideration for. On the Golden State side of the ball, this is going to sound a little a little weird, but it's Clay Thompson. That's probably it for me. I know this game has the highest game total, and I want to get more shares. But Thompson's the only guy that I can kind of feel pretty comfortable with the price tag. Don't. He's getting the usage. He's getting the shot attempts. I don't care about the limited minutes. That does not bother me one bit. The fact that this guy's taking 16, 15, 17 shots, playing now 27 minutes in that last game, maybe gets bumped up to 28 or 29. That's all we need from this dude. He's lightning in a bottle. He's starting to get in a shooting rhythm where he can knock down three consistent shots in a row. I'm good with him. I think Clay Thompson's probably my favorite option on this side. And if Bijalik is ruled out, I think that gives a little bit of a boost to guys like Otter Porter or maybe Kaminga. If you want to go those routes, you easily could. It's got a high game total. There's Brooklyn's defense has been pretty rough all season long. So I wouldn't fault you. I think Porter would probably be the safer option at their price tags. But nothing to feel great about, especially when we have a bunch of that mid-four range of value and that's kind of the theme i mentioned at the beginning of the show the value is not really stable or secure i mean there's a lot of caveats we're still waiting for people to get ruled in and ruled out but this doesn't just feel like a bang in play the value guy uh know who you want to spend up on type of slate but that's just my take i'll probably like i said that's probably why i'm going to go a little lighter and just enjoy watching the games for what they are Player tier segment. Expensive tier to start. I will give two for each tier, as I always do when I'm by myself. For the expensive tier, it's going to be Joel Embiid, 11-7. And the other one will be Jimmy Butler at 8-6. I think both those guys are fantastic options. They both have good upside. They're both in solid matchups that they've performed well in. In the past, sign me up. I'm good with both of them. Now, the mid-tier is a little bit, uh, it's a little bit tougher. I mean, we have plenty of options to choose from. But we're going to go with Tyrese Halliburton at 7,900. 
just based on De'Aaron Fox sitting. If De'Aaron Fox plays, we're probably not looking at him. Uh, and then we'll go with Willie Hernan Gomez at 5,100 if Jonas sits. So both of those guys are injury caveats, so we have to keep our eye on the news. It's just tough. We don't have that news as of right now, but these are guys that immediately pop off the page that I wanted to have and have interest in based on everything else that we've gone through. And then for the value plays, again, very weird slate, but I think Isaiah Jackson, 3,800 with no Goga, he's probably going to see around 20 to 24 minutes is what I imagine. And if that's the case, we know that he has the upside to pay off that $3,800 salary. I would imagine anywhere between 20 to 25 DK points. We'll take that at 3,800 on a slate with very little to no value. Uh, the other option, and again, buckle up, get ready for the ride, because there's always, always risk associated with playing him. And it's going to be DeAnthony Mellon at 4,600. The risk is there. It's just whether or not you, you could stomach playing him. Uh, don't be surprised if he comes out and plays 17 minutes. I said that in the, you know, probably about five times already. It's very possible, but I'm I'm intrigued by the amount of minutes he played in that last one. Maybe the coaching staff is finally starting to get warmed up to the idea of playing him at least, even if he plays 23 to 24, we'll take that. That's all we need. We don't need 28 again. 23 to 24 could pay off that salary, but we just need to get a consistent role for the guy. He can't be playing 17 or 18 or else we're going to get left there holding the bag. And that is it. So thank you guys, as always, for listening and tuning in. You can give me a follow on Twitter, at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Give us a thumbs up, five-star rate, review, subscribe, wherever you find this show, whether it's Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, you name it, we are there. Really do appreciate it. We've been seeing a couple more of those five-star comments coming through. It means the world to us. We're trying to get to that 150 mark. Very close to it. So help us out a little bit. Take a minute out of your day. Throw it in there. Santino will be back for you guys tomorrow. He'll be handling that main slate on Sunday. As always, take care, watch the news, and let's go win some tournaments. <laughs>